and let them have dominion. The kingdom of God is within people. It's the advancement of the people that is advancement because of the kingdom. Because faith must be backed by the assignment of this ministry is found from that verse. You're onto a word encounter as Pastor David Ogweli ministers God's word to you with simplicity and power. God bless you. He created them to control the earth, to control the circumstances on earth, just like God controls the heavenlies. Father, we honor you this morning. We honor you. We welcome your holy presence in this place. Come and incubate us. Come and abide with us open to us the mysteries of your kingdom the mystery of revelation knowledge the mystery of the dominion mandate that you created us to undertake come and open our eyes tear the veil remove the scales from our eyes open to us mysteries today grant us access that will put us in charge in life Enable us to be your representatives, your ambassadors here on earth. We honor you. Have your way, wonderful Holy Spirit. Grant me utterance to pass this revolutionary truth to your people. I thank you. I honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. The first thing I'm going to do is to reinstate again that dominion is a function of revelation, not education. I have seen hungry professors before. A professor was caught stealing yam in Nigeria. True story. There was strike and a, a long period and they were not being paid and they were not functioning. And he goes to somebody's farm because he was hungry to steal yam and they caught him. He became I have been called to pray for a professor that slept on the roadside because he was drunk in the night. He got drunk and, and some of his students that were kind, this happened in the campus, were nice, you know, got him. And he had himself wounded because he, he fell by the gutter side and broke some part of his legs. And the dews of that night fell on him. How can a well-trained gentleman be hooked on drug? But you are worried about that. I have prayed for doctors trying to get themselves free from cigarette addiction. They will kindly advise you that cigarette is dangerous for your health, but they are hooked on it. Why is that so? The rod that gives man dominion, the, the seat of man's dominion mandate, is not in his outward man, it's in his inward man. Once somebody's inward man, once your spirit man is not... Dominion is a function of revelation. The software that makes you suffer, I mean function, the software for operating in dominion is revelation knowledge. I'm now encouraging you to go and find out for yourself the difference between that and sense knowledge or you've been acquiring through your five senses. Sense knowledge, revelation knowledge. Education exists at three different planes. There's education at the highest level, which is the education of your spirit mind. There's education at the middle stage, which is the education of your mind, your intellect. There's even the education of your physical body, what they call physical education. So revelation requires the education of your two inward faculties. You need to develop the mind and your spirit. 
you develop your mind with education or information. You develop your spirit with revelation. Teaching educates the mind. Prayer educates the heart. You know, yesterday I showed you a scripture, Ephesians 1, 17, where we need to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God is only known by revelation and not by education. That's why many of your professors are further away from God. The more intellectual they get, the further they drift away from God. God, in his own wisdom, made it that way, that the world by wisdom will not know him. Please show that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The Lord, in his wisdom, made it that the human beings will not find him through the pursuit of natural wisdom. Wisdom exists. There is natural wisdom, but there are three types of wisdom. There is spiritual wisdom. There is spiritual intelligence. There is spiritual education. The world you live in exists in two dimensions. There is a world of the invisible. Your bacteria don't exist <laughs> in the invisible realm. I mean, in the visible realm. They exist in the invisible realm. But yet they are real. And they kill. I always make this illustration. When you see a man shaking like this, you say, what is wrong with him? You say, fever. What is fever? Can you show me fever? You say, mosquitoes beat him. I can kill a mosquito. But they say they put some bacteria in him. Where is the bacteria? How do you see it? They say it's in his blood. You bring out the blood, put it on, on a white sheet. I can't see any bacteria. You get some other equipment that can see them visible. The bacteria has become visible. We have been able to create some of those equipment because we have understood that the world is not just what is visible. Okay, no wire is connecting me to the amp. Now you are hearing my voice. How is that possible? Like your phone. You make a call, somebody in USB. How is that possible? They said electromagnetic waves, like your radio or TV station. Radio wave. What is a wave? Nobody has seen it. Yet we have learned how to tune wave frequencies, tune into those frequencies, and tap what the wave is carrying. We have one here called electricity. 70% of make what makes the world function are invisible. 30 are visible. Write it down. If you don't master the invisible, you will lose control of your world and your life. Most of the things that come to take, to cause conflict, to create confusion in your world, in your life, that end up sabotaging your effort are invisible. An example is bacteria. An example is fungi. An example is, you know, look at HIV. With all the talk, nobody has seen that stuff. But the equipment that you take, you put on your eyes. It changes how you see things. There is an equipment somebody got for me. Just, you know, you wear it in your eyes. You look at your hands. You wash. You can see bacteria in your hand. But there are bacteria, millions of them, yet you can't see them. And it's so sad that you finish watching your, you know, washing your hand. You think you're clean. Then you look with it. You see these millions of creatures moving all over the place. Then there are some other detergents they give you. You wash once. All of them are dead. The invisible can be controlled. You see how we are controlling electricity and using it to drive our appliances. That's how all the other things in the invisible, including demons, including other stuff, can be controlled. Now, those who want to have dominion will be are masters of the invisible as well as the visible. So let's do this so that we can get ready. So when I tell you to pray that the other faculties of your being be opened 
the other ear, the inner wound, the, the inner eyes, you see why it is important. So the study of dominion is actually on one level, the study of how God governs. But on the other hand, is the study of how he designed us to function. Really, we are created to function like God. Is the study of the kingly ministry of believers. It's also the study of some aspects of our priestly ministry because he has made us kings and priests and both offices grant us rulership. Why don't you show that my favorite scripture? Um, Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 and 10. They sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou hast thou was slain and has redeemed us to our God by your blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. There will be no people group that will not be represented in heaven where nobody will be saved. God, the rapture will not happen till every people group, every language that is spoken under the sun, there is a harvest of soul from among them. Anyway, and, and then verse 10, and you have made us unto our God kings and priests. But the truth is, this is not new. This is the original mandate God gave Adam. There is a principle, a word you find a lot in the Bible. And that word is found a lot in theological circle. The word re, R-E. Then they take it and add it to other words. It changes the meaning of the words. Any word you add re to, it changes the meaning. For example, tongue. You ask me to turn. Am I mean to turn left or to turn 180 degrees? But the moment you add re to it, it changes the meaning. Re turn. Because that word re means to do something again. It means to do it again. It means you have done it before. Now you are asked to redo it. If you say open the door, you just give an instruction for me to you know, unlock the door, which is good. But if you say reopen, it means the door was once open, but now locked. And you're giving me an instruction to open it a second time. So that is the word that is used to describe most of the things we do that has to do with our salvation. For, for example, we have redemption. We even have receive that we do. All this, receive ye the Holy Ghost. We used to have it. We lost it. So this time around, you're getting it a second time. So redemption is just a return to what we fell from. It's just a return to it. The word that is used to describe the salvation experience, when you say be born again, this new better experience, you know, if you don't want to say it, be born a second time. Because we have had the nature of God before, and we lost it. Man fell and lost it. And now you want to talk about getting it again. So we talk about being born again. But if you want to say it in one word, there is a word that is used in the theological arena to talk about. It's called regeneration. Regeneration is not generation. In generation, you create somebody and load him with the chromosomes and the genes and the DNA of his father. But the fall of man introduced Satan's nature into human beings. That's why... The program of redemption is a regeneration. Re recreating a man down to his very inner fibers is the regeneration of the human spirit. What are you trying to get back in? God's DNA to reintroduce it one more time. 
to reintroduce the nature of God, to introduce God's gene. So we are kings and priests. And I want you to remember this. He has made us kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Dominion can be realized through any of these two offices. This, the priestly office, confers more spiritual dominion, while the kingly office confers dominion in the natural spheres of life, in the territory where we live now, planet Earth. That's why God gave us both, to cover the two dimensions of our existence, to give us the ability to function in the two worlds. What it means is that if you're a politician, don't just be an ordinary politician. You have to also have your roots in the supernatural. If you're a businessman, business is not just mere financial transaction. There is a supernatural dimension to market forces, to, market, to business world. Whatever it is that you are doing, you have chosen to pursue in the natural world. Find your roots in the supernatural. You need the two dimensions to be able to function. If not, you can be frustrated. Anybody that wants to start the journey of dominion must turn on the light, the light of revelation. That foundation launches you in. Don't pray that prayer always for yourself. What it will lead you to, you will be shocked. Pray till the end of the year. The eyes of my understanding, Lord, open it. Open it that I may behold, that I may know what is the hope of my calling. I want to know why you created me. I want to know the resources, the abilities you put in me. I want to know what I'm carrying, what I'm capable of. A president might be sitting here and not know. A man that is supposed to job to 5,000 people might be sitting here and not know. And you might finish school and just go around looking for a job when you are the one to be creating it. I might not know. A first lady might be sitting here and not, might not know. I might just turn her life and end up a prostitute. It's important to know what you are created to do. It's important to know the abilities, the potentials that God invested in you, what you are carrying inside you. It's important to understand the resources God has made available in life for you to fulfill your destiny. Stop thinking that the resources you need are all placed in your family. So if your father is poor, you conclude that you cannot do certain things because your father doesn't have the money. Stop restricting yourself to where you are born. You have another family that has no limitation. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Remember that you live in two dimensions. It's your physical body that God needed your family, your father and mother to get through here. Your inward man has no limits. Stop letting anybody restrict you because you're a black man or you came from Ghana or Nigeria, Africa. It's the color is just color of skin. The human spirit has no color. If you want to live in the U.S., you want to live anywhere, there is no country too far for you. There is no place you want to go, you cannot go. The size of your life is the size of your mind. The size of your world is the size of your mind. It's the limitation you accept in your mind that you actually experience in life. If you expand your world inside, your world outside expands. Start seeing the world as your parish. Stop restricting yourself to a particular circumstance. You carry the seed, the DNA of God inside you. You carry the seed of dominion. So that you are manufactured in a particular factory doesn't mean you must die in that factory. Everything that is finished must be marketed. That you are born in Ghana, born in Nigeria, born in Africa doesn't mean that this is where your world ends. God has given you as a gift to your world, but you need to find out what it is 
he created you to offer to your generation. Made in Niger, this one. And I'm very proud of it. I carry green passport. I carry it, but I enter anywhere I want. God has given you and I the ability to deal with the two worlds. Okay, here is one of the greatest key I was given in unlocking the world of dominion. In Genesis chapter 1, we are shown how God created the universe. He did the creative work within six days, rested on the seventh day, went to work back again on Monday. Anyway, the seventh day in that case was Saturday. So he went to work back again on Sunday. And that was when he created the woman. You know, that's why you guys are fine, ladies. They created you after God rested. But he created us when he already got tired. <laughs> we were created last. So when he started the new week after a good rest, the first thing that came out of him was woman. A man with a womb. But I want to talk about the first thing God created. Man was the last. What is the first that God created? The first thing. On the first day of his creative act. What is the first thing? Eh? Everyone say light. light. Everyone say let there be light. Show it to them. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. The first thing he created was light. In case you think that this is light. Like light to see with your physical eyes. That's not what it is. Because go to verse uh, 14 and show them light was created on the fourth day. And then God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let it be for signs, for seasons, for days, for years. You know, they're also helping us to count mark time. All the sun, moon, and the stars. Verse 15. And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. There are five purposes for creating the sun, moon, and giving light is just one of them. They are the ones given, the time clock God created. You know when that thing goes down once, you know it's one day. Am I correct? When it revolves around once, you know it's what? One year. It's a big clock God created. It's also designed to mark seasons. All this winter, summer, and other, it's this, these heavenly bodies that are creating it. But anyway, let's leave that. Verse 16. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, that's the sun, the lesser light to rule the night, and he made the stars also, verse 17, and set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. All these things for the earth. Verse 18, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good, and verse 19, and the evening and the morning were what? This fourth day creation. Go back to three. Let's look at the first day creation. The reason I'm, I'm going back to this is that the scripture has already told us that wisdom is the principal thing. When you don't have anything, you don't have money, you don't have cars, you don't have accommodation, what's the first thing you should get? Light. You get it. You have everything you need to get other things. When God didn't have a house, when he didn't have angels, when he didn't have planets, when he didn't even have a throne, what's the first thing he had? Light. You want to be in charge, <laughs> to function in dominion. This is the first law of dominion. Get light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Verse 4. 
and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. That light there is revelation, knowledge, wisdom. That darkness there is ignorance. And this is used throughout the Bible. If you don't know it, you would think he's talking about the normal type of light. And then verse 5. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were what? So if I call you children of darkness, if you call somebody children of the day, like you find in the Bible, if I say this man walks in darkness, and I say this one walks in the light, you now understand what we are dealing with here. It's not sunlight, it's the light of knowledge. The light, some people call it the light of truth. But if the man is walking in error, he's walking in darkness. If the man is walking in ignorance, he's walking in darkness. So many years ago, they used to call Africa the dark continent. It is not that sun does not rise here. It's a place where superstition and ignorance was dominating. They give it to twin. They say, ah, if you don't kill this twin, calamity will happen to this community. The gods have spoken. Who are those stupid gods? Demons. You carry human beings and go and sacrifice to a god that you carved out of wood. So the wood that you cut from the bush is more important than a human being. You give a human being to a god to eat. And they will come and terrify everybody. Calamity will fall on everybody will be shaking. Because wherever light is absent, darkness dominates. The worst thing that can happen to you is for your life to be governed by darkness. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of light. Satan is a kingdom of darkness. I want to say it again. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of light. That is the first separation God was making here. The reason is that Adam was going to come on the third day. God wanted him to know that there are two kingdoms in operation. The, the, the fall of Lucifer happened many, many, many years before man was created. God was letting Adam know that there is an evil kingdom in operation here. If you don't have revelation, and if you don't have wisdom, if you don't have knowledge, you cannot control it. A man who is blind physically is better than the one who is blind mentally. A man who is blind physically, whose mind is enlightened, is better than somebody who has two eyes, but who is blind mentally. We look with the eyes, but we see with our mind. If you're blinded in the inward man, that blindness is serious. You need to do something about it. So, this is the first prayer you must learn to pray. To command like the Almighty God, let there be light. Everyone say that word. Anytime you get into an exam hall, I'm already, this is one laws of dominion. I jumped to go to it because it's important to help us grab other things that I'm teaching. Now, we have not reached the principles of dominion, but this is the number one. The first law of dominion is to lay hold of light, and you can do it with the commanding power. If you get into an exam hall to write an exam, and all of a sudden, all the things you read vanishes. How many of you has happened to you? When you needed the information most, it vanishes. It might not be exam, it might be interview, it might be another thing. And you are, and then right after, as you come out, everything reappears. Eh? All you have to do is command, let there be light. All of the things that are hidden and covered will resurface. Say it again, let there be light. It's not a begging word, it's a commanding word. Pastors must learn to command it over the congregation. You see, yesterday we were talking about praying the God of our Lord to turn on the light. But there is also, under the laws of dominion, you use commanding power. Apart from asking God to enlighten the eyes of your understanding, you also have to know that many a time, like if you read verse 2, look at what happened there. The Bible said darkness covered everything. Look at it. 
the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon what? The face of the deep. So you can't see nothing. Everything is covered. There are even two layers of covering here. There is the first is the deep, the water that covered the whole earth. The scientists call it the ice age, the first ice age. Then darkness covered the rest of the surface. So the earth was a dark planet rotating in space. No illumination. So God commanded, let there be light. It was with that command. I have dealt with this many times. So I know how serious it is. I know how serious it is. Sometimes it's something that is missing. I know I brought this thing here into this house, but I can't find it. And we have such and such and such. I go and sit down and remember, I have a rod of dominion in my hand. I just issue a command. Let there be light. And I command everything hidden to be unfolded. Next thing, you just find the stuff. There is more to life for than we see. We look with these eyes, but we don't see with it. We see with the mind. So sometimes something is even around you, and you're looking for it. Something is there, and you're looking for it. Something you know, yet you can't solve the problem. You can't answer it. And you know it. Darkness playing a trick on you. Darkness. Whenever it gets dark in the night, that's one type of darkness. You know that one. But you need to know the other dimension of darkness. That darkness is also an intangible force. It's playing a trick. Son. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. This is how we do it. Kabalabu kemo. I'm looking for a wife, but there are ladies around you. You just can't seem to know who the person is. Command light to, to shine. Command it to appear. Command things that are hidden to be made known. Command the things that are veiled to be unveiled. The truth about the people will appear. If it's a husband and there are three of them, you don't know who is who. Maybe because everybody is nice until you marry them. You want to know what you are entering. Not like a blind man. Then tomorrow you start crying. But it's too late. No. Command, let there be light. In this relationship, Father, I command light to happen. Look at it. For God who commanded. Everyone said commanded. commanded. Notice that it's not an appeal. It's a command. For God who commanded light to shine out of what? Darkness. Has shined where? In our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And verse 7 said, and we have this treasure in what? The first treasure a man must carry who wants to succeed in life is wisdom. It's the light of wisdom. There are other treasures like anointing, like the presence, but wisdom, the light of wisdom. God commanded it to appear, to shine out of darkness. We have this treasure in 18 verses that the excellency of the power, the power. In other words, knowledge is power. <laughs> in other words, wisdom is power. Maybe of God and not of us. We're going to do this. So we're going to do this. I see you. You're going, some of you are going to start making discoveries. Some of you will start tapping into superior knowledge. Some of you will start tapping into breakthrough ideas. Okay, we just prayed yesterday. You know, I don't know about you, but this is how I go to bed. Anytime I command light to appear or I pray for the lightning, I was taught, my mentor taught me that. Like, you know, one of the keys to wisdom is mentorship. He said, anytime you have a question you're not able to solve, write it on a piece of paper. 
ask God for light, for your inward man eye to be open, for the light of illumination to turn on. Then go to bed, put a barrel and a paper beside you, go to bed. He said, between the early hours of the morning from 3 a.m., 4, 5, 6, you will wake up with the answer. It will either come in form of visual answer. You watch a television revelation of it. You know, we have all this technology inside us. We are loaded though. God created man loaded because man is like him. Or you get the audio version of it. Or you get the text message version that will just drop inspired thoughts, ideas. So the man said to me, whenever you wake up early in the morning, don't rush out of the bed. Calm down and download some things that just came from the ultimate intelligence. Because it comes from his brain to my brain, from his spirit to my spirit, from his handset to my own handset. That's God. So when I wake up, I calm down. Then I see these things. It's so clear. That's how I knew who I was to marry. That there are certain individuals that you are, your destiny is attracted. That's the one you should marry. As for your flesh, it will keep getting attracted to people. Even after marriage, it doesn't stop. Destiny partner, let them have dominion. That means the mandate you are given in life, there is somebody that is supposed to work with you to achieve it. You need to know who she is, who he is. The confusions are too much. No. The night... Sleep is meant to erase the confusion of yesterday. The early hours of the morning is when some of the clearest information. It can happen in the day after a good rest. Don't make a critical decision when you are stressed, when you are troubled. Tell the person, I will get back to you tomorrow. Especially investment. You can lose all the money, wealth that took you 10 years to build with one stupid decision. Because light was off. You spend the next five years regretting the decision you made in the dark. Always remember, let there be light. Everyone say that again. Now, 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 lift up your hands. We're going to command like God in every area of your life. Whether it's in your academics, in your spiritual life, that light of revelation will come up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I command light. I command light to be. Let there be light. There are critical decisions I need to make. There are, there are moves I need to make. I command the light of revelation. The light, the light of inspired ideas. The light of divine guidance. The light of wisdom. The light of understanding. To flood my heart. I command every darkness to give way. I command every confusion to give way. I command every darkness to give way. I command every confusion to leave. Loboloko yo boho monko bayaba bala 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 Soroko boyo boroboshi Sereo boroboshi In Jesus name Find that psalm where David said, The Lord will enlighten my darkness. But project Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's God's light bulb. Whenever you pray, let there be light, or you command light, what happens is that the light bulb inside turns on. You start knowing what the confusion clears. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward part of the belly. The belly here is no stomach. 
is the deep, the realm of thoughts, the realm of man's faculties. The spirit of man. Give me the translation that said is a lamp of the Lord. The lamp of the Lord searches the spirit of man. It searches out his innermost being. Very good. Give me another one. The spirit of man, that factor in human personality, which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost. That is where God turns the light on. And then this thing starts floating up. It floats up to your conscious mind. You start picking them. Inspired thoughts, divine direction, inspired ideas. You know how the text floats up in your phone? You now open it and read. Not any shouting from out. It's from inside, inside out. Jesus on the inside, walking on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Dominion begins from the world of the intangible to the world of the visible. It's those who know how to deal with the intangible that control the visible. Those who know how to, if you see the invisible, you can rule, control the, the visible. If you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. That's why I'm tackling it. That's why I'm tackling this. There is nobody without eyes on the inside. The only problem is that they are closed. This prayer forces those eyes to open. There's nobody without them. There are people who, who don't see with it. So this prayer forces those inner faculties to come alive. I pray that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened. That I will know why God has called me, why he created me. That I will know the potentials, the abilities, the giftings, the anointings, the grace he has deposited in me. That I will know what I'm capable of, what I can accomplish in life. That I will know the resources, the provisions, the different things he has made available. That I might be able to fulfill my destiny. I pray that my eyes will be open. Open my eyes. Oh God, that I will behold the opportunities that are available for me in life. Open my eyes, oh God, that I will know who I am and what you have made me to be. Open my eyes, oh God, that I will know my abilities, my giftings, my capabilities in life. That I will know what I'm called to do in life, what I'm created to do. Open my eyes. Let the anointing of God come upon my eyes to see. Hey! Hey! Loka bayosabare. Loboka. I break every limitation in my life. I break every limitation in my path. I break every limitation in my life. I break every limitation in my path. May the spirit of wisdom and revelation in my life. I command light to come alive, to be turned on. Let there be light in my decisions. Let there be light in my relationships. Let there be light. Let there be light. I command darkness to flee. I command confusion to depart. I command ignorance to live. I command every deception to live. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. All that we ask or think. If you can imagine it, God can do it. If you can think it, he can perform it. 
why will you now think reduce your world so small by thinking small thoughts the size of your world is the size of your mind but the size of your mind is determined by the size of your revelation revelation is what expands your inner world and your inner world expands your outer world how worthy you will be is decided by how big or how small you think your level of wealth in life is decided by how big or how small you think but your mind the size of your mind the quality of your thought is determined by the quality of your revelation that's why when this darkness thing stands it hinders a lot of things it hinders a man internally and ends up hindering him externally every man's thought life is his center of gravity you attract to yourself the quality of thoughts you carry inside i'm sure some of you have heard about the law of attraction there is a gravitational pull on earth there is also a gravitational pull in every man as a man thinketh in his heart so is he so instead of blaming circumstances for your problem or blaming people for your failure you have to understand that you can change your outward circumstances by changing how you think the issue is to reprogram yourself program yourself for success program yourself for prosperity some of us you don't know what i battled with it took me 7 years to get rid of all the junk inside my head because of the world where i was born i was raised it took me 7 years to delete all the junk in my hard my hard drive and i'm putting this dominion software that is operating there now the scripture said a man is transformed by the renewal of his mind what he's saying is that if you can reprogram the software that you have in there you also transform your life you can become whatever you want to be you can become who god has planned for you to be the two things that has to happen is that how you think must change and how you talk must change you cannot be talking like a pauper and end up in the palace as a matter of fact the two things are not as simple as they seem that that had to because normal thing is that when we leave when we are alone or when we are whatever our mind tend to snap back to its old mode old way of thinking that's why we talk about paradigm shift that that old mindset and world view must change it must change it must and to get that to happen is not a one time hit you have to keep bombarding it with light bombarding it with revelation bombarding it with it that's why you have to have tips you have to have the right kind of books you have to have those materials you have to keep bombarding it after a while it adjusts and this becomes his new program and you succeed more by accident than some people succeed by incident it's called success by design not waiting for something to happen to you but programming your own success because god gave us the right to do it it's part of what is called the dominion mandate he gave you the right to determine your destiny to determine how your life turns out one of them is that he gave you the power to choose the right to choose and decisions determine destiny so you see i have looked at poverty and, and, and riches or wealth the only thing is wealth without god that will lead you to hell that's the only one i'm not interested in. but christianity with poverty christianity with wealth i have chosen this one the type abraham and the rest of them have friends of god but well the two loaded david man after god had loaded that's the type i want but there's also lazarus going to heaven but poor and dogs licking his wound i will not be there because when he got to heaven they did not name any street after lazarus he was the abraham that was rich that owned the streets he ended up in abraham's bosom read your bible the 12 foundation of heaven are named after human beings like you the way you name your study 
they name it after people who have made impact on society. The heaven too. The 12 gates of heaven are named after. I'm planning to get my name at least on one street. I found the secret. It's not by having money. It's by how many lives you touch on earth. It's not how many cars you drive. It's how many people you led to Christ. How many people you impacted their lives. That's what gives you a crown there. A recognition there. But hey, those ones who touch lives, but they were still prosperous. That's the group I want to join. The Joseph type of group. A man of integrity, but a man of means. The Daniel type. A man of great wisdom and integrity, but a man of means. Ah, that's my company. The Abraham type. The friend of God, but loaded. I like all-round prosperity. But it's a reprogramming, because where I came from is, if you're born again, in those days we only taught half-truth. We're the ones who joined the church when... They used to throw TV away. We used to call TV the devil's box. So you can imagine I carried my mom's gold, all her jewelries, and threw it into a, a septic tank. Because uh, if you wear gold or wear, who made it? Is it the devil that made it? Haven't you read about silver and gold? I'm a what? So if he owns it, how can he be unholy for his son to wear it? So, because the argument came from where the children of Israel worshipped gold. They made a golden calf, a god, and worshipped it. So God came down in anger. He told Moses, let them remove all those golds in their ear and all those jewelries. What happens is that when you start worshipping something, God takes it away. Because you are replacing the creator with the creature. Are you understanding? Now, worship of money is the problem. Not that God doesn't want you to have it. You know what it means that you meet a child who can go to school because of, and you can solve the problem. Because you are living in the realm of more than enough. Do you know what it means to have the ability to dash cars away? You have to join this so that you can do more good on earth. The problem is we are, we are operating at a different level. There are some of us, our mindset can accommodate wealth. It can accommodate some other things. But there are some of us where we are coming from, it can't. There's too much poverty. In, in the experience yes but yet it was a boy that was born and thrown away to die in a dustbin in my country that grew to become the renowned the legend Archbishop Idahosa built 900 schools built an university planted 6,000 churches traveled to 135 countries laid hands on many presidents born in a very poor home thrown away to die because those circumstances of dustbin and other has nothing to do with what God put inside the man. Your wealth is inside. Everything you are looking for is already inside you. Write that one down in a capital letter. It will take some time. It will digest. Everything you are looking for is already inside you. God created you and designed you like a seed. He planned that the environment will only supply you money. But the environment will not decide what you will become. All a seed needs is to find a ground. It has capacity to draw from the ground whatever it needs. Your family ground might not have it. Stop worrying yourself. The world is your parish. Is he your father, natural father now giving you this money? No. That somebody has money does not mean it's his, it's his, it's his own. God says silver and gold are what? Mine. He can move it within a night from one place to another. He can move it through this kind of instruction. He can move it through transaction. 
it can move it through so many means. There are a couple of different dimensions. That's why it's called currency. The thing is flowing and is moving. And you can design your own bucket and fetch it like water. I like how my father says it. He said, some people are, are sucking the, nat the na national cake. He's talking about the wealth of Nigeria. He says, some people are sucking it with, with you know, yes, straw, like juice. He says, some are sucking with water pipes. <laughs> so they fetch it like buckets. He says, some others are using the oil pipe. You know why God is an ocean? If you come and fetch a cup of water, he doesn't know. You fetch a bucket, he doesn't know. If you come with a tanker and fill your tanker, he doesn't know. Go and try it. Go to the beach. The beach does not know. If you dig a well and connect a pipe and fill your well, the, the ocean does not know. Look at air, oxygen. If you suck with straw, oxygen does not know. The earth is filled with God's riches. Remove the limit of yourself. Remove the limit of. God wants to do something big with you. Not only because of you, but because of people who are suffering. Out there. So one, one time the Lord said to me, I'm like the ocean. The you are placing limit on me. I'm not your limitation. You are the one that is limiting yourself. I said I can do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you think, what you ask or think. That means, why are you asking for small, small things? Why are you thinking small? In those days, every year we set 12 goals, you know. I taught the whole ministry to do that. And one year I asked them to actually write the goals, copy it, and drop one for me on the altar so I can pray about it and read it. And the people copied their goals and dropped. And I was going through. I need a change of wardrobe. I need a change of shoe. Father, this year, you know, I noticed the kind of things young people pray about. And I noticed that I was like that. This year, I must buy these six new suits. And by the end of the year, I get it. And my goal for the year. And the Lord asked me, why are you thinking like that? Somebody is dashing his girlfriend 100 million. Somebody just bought a Range Rover for a girl. But the money is mine. Why is it that you, you're my child, you're not thinking on the next level? Let me show you a scripture. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Okay, find me the verse. Yeah, yeah, verse 1. The, an heir, the person to whom everything belongs to, as long as he's a child, is not different from a servant. He's not different from a servant, even though he is what? Lord of all. You see? The person that we have all the domain, but he's still a child. He still thinks like a child. He's treated like a servant. So what did they do to him? They put him under tutors and governors, verse 2. You put him in school, put him under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. His father owns such a multi-billion company but he's treated like a child. He's not even allowed to drive a car. They buy for him toys. The Lord said to me, as long as this is how your prayer life is, it shows me that you are still a child. You're playing with toys. You don't know what belongs to you. You don't know what your inheritance. He 
is I need you to grow because I need sons to govern the earth. I said, babies don't govern. Babies are governed. I need sons. So I gave myself a three years development program because I found out in three years you can go from a dwarf to a giant, spiritually speaking. So I gave myself a three year developmental program that I'm going to become one of the superpowers in the kingdom. I'm tired of being the third world in the kingdom of God again. That's why I love helping young people because it's still easy to correct their paths. Uh, some people have made the mistake for too long now. They don't, even if they change, they don't have the energy to pursue their life anymore. You are now finding at this age what some of us found early. The Bible says, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. You discover him, but you don't have the strength to drive it anymore. That's why the Bible said, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, it will give young men visions and give old men dreams. You know the difference? A vision is a dream that you can still pursue. A vision is a, a dream you can see while you are awake. It's a dream you can wake up from. A dream is a vision that we keep dreaming of because we lack the ability to go for it. So what we teach is for old men who have dreams to transfer it to young men. And when he hits the mind of the young man, it converts to vision. Transfer it to them because vision can be transferred. Take some young men and mentor them and transfer. Amen. I believe you got my first point today. Let there be light. David said, the Lord will lighten my darkness. It's, you know, those mighty men walk like that. Let me ask two questions. Those of us who are pastors, what do you think? What will happen if we start commanding light to shine in a congregation? What will happen to the lives of the people? Since light is the first rule of transformation, it's also the number one rule of dominion. Second Corinthians 4 verse 6. The light of what? Is it the light of the sun? What type of light is that? For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. To give the light of what? Light of what? So did you see Genesis chapter 1 when God uttered that? He was not creating sunlight or moonlight. He was creating what? Wisdom. The light of wisdom. The light of understanding. The light of revelation. The light of knowledge. What happened is that when he actually said that, what the glory of God turned on the type of light they used to have in the holiest of holies. I, I, I don't want to get into that, but if you go into Moses' tabernacle, in the outer court, sunlight gives you light. You get into the holy place, the inner court, you have candles, seven candles that give light. You get into the holiest of all, there is light there that does not come from external sources. It's coming from the Shekinah glory. It's light of revelation. That's what it is. 
There's a type of light that the glory of God supplies. In heaven, in heaven, there is no sun in that place. There is no star, no moon, yet there is 24-hour day. There's no night there. And there is no shadow in it. Yes. In heaven, nobody has a shadow. Everything is substance. On earth, we have shadows. Sun falls on you, create a shadow. In heaven, there is no shadow. Buildings don't have shadow. Flowers, trees don't have shadow. What type of light creates that? That light comes from the throne of God, from the face of the Almighty God. It's a light that comes from his face. So sometimes you see in the Bible, may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. You're blessing people. Why don't you lift your hand? Let's release that blessing. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. In every area of your life, there will be light and revelation. Any area where there was confusion before, the light of God's glory banishes it right now. You will know what to do. You will know where to invest. You will now know what to do with your future. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, but let's, let's do some brainstorming. What happens when God start, you start blessing God's people like this? What do you think will happen? Because this is released by the commanding power. What do you think will happen? I want, I want to get some brainstorming. Number one, Pastor, thank you very much. Number one, I think there will not be any naive person among us. Every person will become bold because by then we must have discovered who we are. And we start acting like that. That's just number one. Then number two, I also understand that every single person there, just like um, um, the Bible said that the righteous shall be as bold as the lion. Every other Christian amongst us will become, they won't just be looking up to the pastor because they believe they can do the same. The training is now translated to action. People begin to act according to knowledge and wisdom. Show the now one, John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word itself was what? God. Then in him was life. John chapter 1, in him was life. Verse 4, John, in him was life, and that life is what? I don't want to be taken in this direction, but this scripture explains why any nation that has not received the gospel has not invented anything. Yes. Go and check all your scientific inventions, all the breakthroughs. If it's not Jews, it is a French, whatever, or an English this, or an American this. Now, the gospel has gone beyond those shores now. The limit is not exactly like it used to be. But do you know that they checked that even till the beginning of the 80s, that most of the inventions and everything that has blessed the world came from those Christian nations. Not one hidden nation added anything. Not one. It's so sad that a group of people were discovered in the 90s in Nigeria. The Kumahi people. How many of you heard of them? From Adama, where you have the former vice president. They, they were discovered in the 90s. And when they were discovered, they were still living like animals. Naked. All sorts of things. Doing human sacrifice. Missionaries now climbed. I also sponsored a couple of missions to that place and went to the top of those hills where they live and started bringing some of them down. Schools were built at the foot of the hill. Do you know till now, as I'm talking to you, there are some of them that have refused to go to school. They prefer to stay there and live their life the way primitive people. 
Christianity, the purpose of Christianity, the entrance of the gospel is to reintroduce that creative light, that divine nature back in man. And once it comes on, you can invent, you can innovate, you can, you can create, you can do anything. Because the possibly the limitations are lifted. When man fell, his potentials were put on hold. Only the Jews were enjoying this thing because they were given a covenant through Abraham access. But now the thing is available to the whole world. The blessing is now available to the whole world. Anybody can become anything he wants to be. In him was life. That life, I read the translation that said that life is the civilization of men, is the development of men, is the secret of all the advancement in human society. Copying something is different from inventing something. Invention demands creativity. Copying demands observation. Just, are you understanding what I'm saying? Beyond that, I also said there are creative Chinese because after the communist revolution took place, they banished Christianity from their country. The churches went underground. And the churches, the evangelical Christianity was just about 800 and something thousand people. About the 10, all the missionaries were sacked from China. This was 1930s. Am I correct? Now, by the time the communism fell and the curtain lifted and China began to open up and started imbibing some aspect of capitalism, don't call China a communist nation anymore because it's not. They're even becoming more capitalist than America and they like money. Anyway, when they started opening up these reforms that are going on in China, what they found is that Chinese Christianity has grown to 150 million. You go to South Korea where creativity has reached its peak. It's the cleanest Christian nation I have seen on earth. I don't know what happened to their own country, but it's, the, it's very easy to go to heaven from South Korea than any other place on earth. They have sacked most of the demons in their air. It, it used to be a Buddhist nation. Now it is over 75% Christian from a hidden nation that is so poor. If you see the story, if you look at a so poor and backward, to a first world nation. They developed a book based on that case. There is no nation that rejects the light of life that ever goes very far with development. Because the first thing the gospel comes, turns the light in the human spirit. Then the next thing is that goes with the gospel is education. You can't grab this and be ignorant. The gospel forbids it. But there are Christians who get under the wrong hands. Pastors who don't understand God's divine plan. So the groom ignorant is a is a mouth that is a, an insult on redemption. Kingdom of light, where everything is based on knowledge, on wisdom and understanding. How far you go depends on a kingdom of light. How can you be dark, blind in a kingdom of light? Kingdom of darkness. Have you noticed that all dictators hate freedom of information? Because that's how the kingdom of darkness works. You can keep the people under control by holding the truth from them. Jesus said the kingdom of God works in the opposite direction. You shall know the truth. And what happens? So dictators don't like freedom of the media, freedom of expression, freedom of information. They usually make decrees to curtail those things because if people, information is power. If people are enlightened, they can even overthrow government. But God's own kingdom is where people must be enlightened. People must be educated. People need so that nobody can enslave them. Yes, let me hear from Olga. What do you think, sir? So I believe three things are going to happen. Um, we can project inefficiency 
the kingly anointing rests upon your life now. Amen. That from now, when you say it, you will see it. Amen. When you command it, it will appear. Amen. When you speak it, God will perform it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. God will use your tongue to re-establish things, not only in your own life, but in your family. Amen. He will use you to bring many others into alignment. As you are going deeper in learning how to function, you are going to become God's instrument to bring change to the lives of many. May that anointing rest upon your life. The circumstances of life will bow to you everywhere you go. You will be the head and not the tail. Thank you, Lord. Have you been impacted by this message? Please share your experience with Pastor David Ogweli. Email address dominionimagemedia at yahoo.com or call 0803-435-7959, 0803-590-9900.